Bigger Than the Both of Us, a podcast hosted by David Hobson and Brian Nankervis that celebrates and explores the nuts and bolts of creative activities through the lives of those who create. What a great voice. Sophie Laguna, huh? So, David, you weren't that familiar with Sophie Laguna, but you just read The Eye of the Sheep. I read The Eye of the Sheep. Actually, my first encounter with hearing her name was through my wife, Amber. Yes. Who read The Eye of the Sheep when it first came out. And she was totally enthralled and captivated and moved by the story and said, you've got to read this. And I, I must admit at the time I didn't... Uh, Did you know what it was about? No. No, oh, I didn't, so even I didn't know the point. Even she, though your wife, beautiful Amber, mm. had implored you to, had said how much she loved it, mm-hmm. wanted you to read it. At the time, I didn't read it. So it wasn't until you suggested that we get this amazing yeah. artist in that I went, okay, here yeah. we go, let's well, dive in. I have to say my first contact was through the book club and we chose The Eye of the Sheep and we all adored it and then I adored it so much or I adored her writing that I went on to read The Choke which Mm -hmm. she put out in 2017 and her latest book, her last book, Infinite Infinite Splendors, Splendors, Mm. which came out in 2021 and I've loved them all. She's a wonderful writer but not just adult novels. Children's. About 12 children's novels. Mm. She began training as a lawyer she then switched to acting. She graduated from the VCA. Victorian College of the Arts. Mm. Did lots of acting work. Uh, worked for a theatre and education company down in Tasmania. Salamanca. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The thing about her is now she's a really celebrated and multi-award winning author. There's something incredibly interesting about her as a communicator outside being a writer as well. She has this amazing energy. I just find her, and having listened to a few interviews with her and seeing her, the most, obviously being an actress has something to do with it, but she has an incredible vitality about her. Yeah, a great energy. She's intense, she's inordinately articulate and intelligent, and I just can't wait to see the person behind this amazing talent. I tell you what, wait no longer, David Hobson, wait no longer as we introduce Sophie Sophie Laguna. When you write, what voice do you hear in your head? Because obviously as a reader, you hear a certain tone and a timbre quality. So when you actually sit down, yeah. do you hear this? Does the sound come from somewhere, the tone in the voice? And particularly being an actor, I guess you've got some yeah. kind of reference point. So I just have to sort of sit for a moment and try and remember what is it? What is it like to write, let's say, a dramatic monologue? But is it a voice that I'm hearing when I, when I do it? Not so much. I guess it's like pretending to be that character in the minutes that you're doing it. You, you are that character. So the same as in a rehearsal space, you know, where you might pull on a hat and a suit that doesn't belong to you and simply improvise and without any kind of rehearsal space but knowing a couple of things about your character, you'll... You'll know what to say and do. You, you'll, you'll. It just out. It comes. It's the same. It's the same. So, so now, a, if you, if us three were to improvise, if we were to say, you're, you're a fruit seller from Coburg, yeah. and 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 you are, um, you own David Jones, and I um, have just come from Russia. Yeah. 
we would have a conversation, wouldn't we? Yeah. yeah. And we're and in a train station. We're going somewhere. <laughs> Yeah. Although we're going to different destinations. Yeah, and we, we would, we, like theatre sports. Yes. It's the same as that. And you keep up with your hand as it crosses the page and it's full of surprises. And if some of the surprises that appear in a sentence, if, if one pleases you or you feel a kind of um, richness around it, you will f- follow it and you will expand on it and you'll explore it. So say that... Um, you know, say, say I'm that Russian who has... I'm a woman who's come from Russia. You know, I'm really improvising here. You know, and, <laughs> I and, and I start to explore this. I carry a basket, let's say, and the basket appears in the sentence. Will that basket resonate? And if, if so... What's it got in it? Yeah, and is it a metaphor for something? Yeah, and, and many, many ideas and words will not be interesting and others will be. And as the sentences build... You know, so will the character and so will their set of motifs and symbols that come with them. And the ones that please you will stay yeah. and then they will yeah. lead you in other directions. Exactly. So say, say you know, it's Altona, you know, for, for the eye of the sheep. And I remember when we lived there, I would often see pelicans. There would be whole flocks of pelicans. And so the boy also, the character in the story is drawn to these birds and, and looks at the way they almost seem to be following the car home from the city. So, you know, I'll like that idea and I'll pursue it. It's, it's a little like yeah. that. And as, as you're writing, as you're getting to know the character's struggles, then you will already be searching for ways that the character will um, overcome them or, or not. Yeah, so the story unfolds as quickly as the cat, as quickly as you're learning who the character is. The story is trying to form also in me. But why the compulsion to write? I'm just curious. Well, I I think I always was this person, you know, really yep. from four or five years old, or probably, you know, probably earlier. So making believe and making up story, inhabiting other characters, that's what's been there forever. So even though, um, you know, you might read on a CV that I began a law degree, I did, but only because only I got those mar- marks to, go, to, to do that. But I only ever wanted to do theatre at university and, and, go to, and go to drama school. That's all I ever wanted to do. And there's only a gear change between acting and writing, I, I think. Oh, what is it? Well, well, what I mean is that same person who um, is an actor writes, I think, although writing, you know, calls upon a, a broader skill set for me. Writing asks for more from me and it asks me to use muscles that I didn't know I had in, in the days of being an actor. And presumably muscles that you have developed. I must have developed them through, and through maturing and skills. So writing is also about organisation and control. It, yeah, it, writing, like, say, writing a novel. Acting is about playing a part yeah. and um, working with someone else's, usually, someone else's words, and you have your one part to play. But writing a novel is a huge organisational a feat. It's a puzzle, a huge puzzle, and you are the solo artist in control of the mm. whole piece. So it's like I, you're I, doing a one-woman show yeah, every day, all the yeah. time to write it. Or, David, you know how you said you composed. Mm-hmm. I am not a musician. You've heard that. I don't sing and, and I, I'm not musical. But I've often 
wondered or I suspect that writing a novel might be like composing a major opera. Um, yeah, because mm. you have to really, if you do your work thoroughly, that you, you have to really build the thing from its very foundations up. That means every single character you'll have to know if a cameo, how big the cameo, where do they enter and where do they leave. If you establish a problem here, how big does the problem get before it resolves, let's say, here? You know, three quarters. Yeah, you, do you know what I'm trying mm. to say? It's really to do it well. You can do it untidily, and you'll have to have the instinct to not. It's all, and yes. also, it's all instinct that answers these problems. That answers these. And if you don't have the instinct, I mean, right. you'll read countless novels. But you've got to have the architecture, as you said, and the, the, and the skill set has exactly. to be there. Exactly. So you'll also be in ca- in the ca- in the various characters. Yep. You'll also need to know, you know, at a very sort of, you know, what's that word, minute or very close up, um, you know, close up you'll have to know every sentence and um, every word will have to serve the narrative and be moving it forward. Every punctuation mark ought to be doing the same thing. So you can't have an adjective that just sits there for the sake of it. You have to put every single sentence under the microscope. If you're going to ask a reader to read it, and I'm never particularly aware of it, I am the reader... But if you're going to give it to the world, this is the work that ought to be done. Absolutely. Yeah. And as Does you that say, make sense? Yeah. completely. Yeah. And you also refine it and you cut it. Yeah. I, I heard that great quote yeah. from you where you said, lose the second part of the sentence. Yeah. In fact, lose every second sentence. Yeah. Mm. That Great was really yeah. interesting. It's, and it's true. And, you know, I read um, DBC Pierre, who won the Booker Prize some years ago now, and, of course, I'm going to go blank on the name on the name of his book, but he's also written a really good guide on writing called Release the Bats, DBC Pierre, and, and he described it very well. If we can do the job well enough, all we provide is a little springboard yeah. and the reader fills in the rest. So you've got to provide the perfect... Springboard's not the right exact right word, but you just provide a kind of a suggestion, word perfect, and then it's as if the, then you give it over and then the next imagination that comes to it needs to... will, will blossom. The will, reader yeah, will... Yeah, will fill it out. So the reader fills out that yeah, next section. Yeah, it's almost yeah. like... The best composers, I think, sometimes music creates a similar situation where they, the rest or the pause <clears throat> is almost like the most important part of the music, what you take out, what you leave out. And the uh, best yeah, composers, yeah. actually, the music breathes. They're not actually hitting you over the head all the yeah. time. They're so giving you a- some room. Yes. It's almost the most wonderful... Maybe it's one of the most wonderful things... Um, a writer can do is have their writing breathe. Yes. So therefore, yeah. in answer to David's yeah. question, why do you write to make sense of the world, or do you make do you write to make sense of your place in the world, or do you write just because you want to create? Well, you know, when you ask the question like that, you're asking me to intellectualise, you know, an answer. And, and I can do that and I can say, well, I, I must write to feel better or to, um, to understand or to address injustice. Or, but it doesn't, you know, I don't, when I sit down to do it, I don't think anything like that, do I? I just, I'm sure it's like a musician. They, their hands will be reaching for the guitar. And, yes. And you can ask them why and they, they can think of some good reasons that sound about right. Makes them feel good. 
to yeah, begin with. They exactly. Talk, they don't know why they do it sometimes, why does one sing. I don't exactly. Know. But it's easier to answer, isn't it, if we were in a big, you know, re- rehearsal studio with a wooden floor and, and some props and, and some basket full of costumes, we would sort of naturally put them on and go for it. Or, or I would. But yours is so much more. <laughs> that sounds eccentric. Well, no, that some, people, eccentric. some people wouldn't. Yeah, some people would okay. shy away from that. Some people don't want to do of that. Course, some people yeah. don't want to show. Some people don't want to express. But you actually do want to express. Some people don't like. I mean, they have a different kind of imagination. They kind of they retreat into themselves, whereas in actual fact, you do the opposite. You actually want to show in a way. Oh, that's interesting because look what I do. I write, which is deeply private. Absolutely, and you want to show it to the world. Or you're happy. Oh, I don't, yeah. No, I mean, I'm sure you're very happy in your isolation and that's another question I guess I want to know because as an actor we're very much in a communal situation where we're working in a group situation whereas as a a writer it's a very isolated, lonely existence to a degree. It, It is and it suits me so much more. Why? What happens? Yes. Because it always goes wrong. Do you <laughs> miss the acting? Go- no. Not at all. No. When you say it always goes wrong, well, <laughs> you know, like when you work in groups, there was always there was always dramas or. Oh, that's what hey, that's what know, it's called, though. Yeah, yeah, isn't that's it called drama? true. And, oh, and, and isn't that what acting is? Isn't that what you're doing in a book? It is, it is, but but for me, it, it's ended. I'm so um, self-contained. You're a control also, freak. Yeah. You're yep. a control freak. I'm idealist. I'm a control yep. freak. Yep. yep. Yeah. And you want to uh, do your one, and you're literally doing your one-woman show. Yeah, and so I, I'm much So we're seeing happier. Sophie Laguna yeah. tonight live, I the Sheep. Yes. But she's, yeah. you've got to pretend she's doing it because you're reading it. Yeah. And then a couple yeah. of years later, it's the choke, and yeah. it's the story of a young dyslexic girl yeah. living with her pop, estranged from her, her yeah. mother, her father's yeah. dangerous. Yeah. A couple of years That's later... Right. Yeah. We've got Lawrence yeah. in the Grampians. Yeah. You're creating these incredible yeah. stories. Yeah. Let's just go back to the acting yeah. for a moment yeah. before we get to the yeah. writing. Mm-hmm. What went right on stage for you? There were, there were times that went right. Yep. And the, the, the rightest of times actually happened when um, one of the subjects at VCA was uh, performance making. So when I could... That, so I suppose that's about control. Yeah, I, I could write my own show that scene went very well and I played a child and the the dean he, he commented and he said I, I've never seen you so you know concentrated or yes. in such a real world yep. and so that that told me something I never forgot that moment and then what about later on when you were a fairy at yeah. children's parties yeah that was yeah I wondered how much yeah. because the the children are central yeah. to your yeah novels, how much did you take from those strange days yeah. when you would drive out to Springvale? Maybe you'd go on the yeah. wrong day. Yeah, the, they were hard they were hard days. Interestingly, I would dread the fairy party, dread it, you know, with all of my you do what, an hour? Or, an hour or and a half. An hour and a half. Yeah, because you did face painting for the last half hour. Um and uh, I would dread them, but this is really interesting, you know. So I'd see that it was a twelve o'clock Mill Park, seventeen Shirley Road, you know. So you'd get up, <laughs> park outside, be going, oh, this is you know falling so short of the dream, 
Because, you know, the dream, you can imagine. I was yeah, the dream is MTC or Malta. Thank you, exactly. And there I was, you know, 17 Shirley Road, Mill Park, with like, you know, and I was never good on, co- on my costumes are always like a bit torn and sweaty and drab and yeah. other fairies would go all out, but I was like the old cut corners. You'd be hippie, corners. hippie fairy. Yeah, and this isn't my real thing, you know, dragging the tape recorder, bit of fairy dust, yeah. you know. Uh, um, it was good. It was you didn't need your makeup artist and your dresser with you. <laughs> where are, you where, where's a, my dresser? But you where's had a structure, I bet. I sure did. And, and so, so 17 Shirley Road, you know, okay, three minutes to 12, out you get. Okay, open that car door, my heart would still be going, oh, oh. And then, you know, open the door, hi, and your fairy's here. And then, um, you know, the parents employ a fairy so they can relax a bit. So you would be on. You know, and the minute I was on, this is what was weird. The minute I was on, everything would be forgotten. All, all that dread, all that outside world. The fact that we were in Mill Park, not Melbourne Theatre Company, that it was an hour and a half or whatever, got all gone, and it would be incredibly focused, dramatic play that that none of the parents were ever really aware was happening. But I would be completely bonded with kids who would go with me on it, who would, you know, so I, I would, that's right, as um, I came up the front, I would look for a place to hide my teddy bear and then they would, I'd say, it's lost, it's lost. You know, I, I, I don't know where my teddy bear is and so they would all, you know, be really anxious for me and <laughs> I would enter that and we would search everywhere and then we would find him and then everyone would take the, the teddy bear one at a time and speak to it. And say it's okay. You're here now. You're gonna have a good time. Yeah, they got and I. It was cool. So when I break it down, you know, th- there was actual real theatre and real drama play, and it was always great. It was always fun. But I hated it leading up, and then by the time the face painting came out, that was you know I was no good at that either. So as you're driving home yeah. from Mill Park, are you thinking, well, that was a triumph? I'd always know that it would have been, and I'd always <laughs> know that it was, and it was. I sometimes played a pirate or a witch. Arr. Excellent. Really, like, I would surprise myself because I was leading up to it, I'd feel self-conscious, like, oh, I, can't, I feel like a dickhead in this car. Even though you knew last week yep. it was a triumph. Every time. Every time. And then you would get in and do it and it'd be like, yay, this is... Wild! I'm being a witch, and everyone is like, this, "We're doing pure evil here." Or pirates? Everyone's we're climbing rigging, and oh. we're yeah. But like, then again, and then other um, other fairies would like <laughs> let, do time uh, overtime and chatting with the parents. I'd be like, um, you know, it was due to finish at twelve thirty. Twelve thirty, gone. Yep, gone. Just Half a puff over. of smoke. Yeah, yeah I was. Theater's and I've, I've never changed. Very rigid around time. Around, you know, yeah. bam, I'd said I'd got, you know, yeah. And then I'd get home like, hallelujah, done. I wonder if any of those kids have read your book. <laughs> Knew that, that fairy. No, but there would be no Sophie Laguna, I was fairy star. Oh, okay. Interesting yeah. that you had the teddy bear yeah. who was hidden in a yeah. way that's some trauma. I think I think you might be right. I, as I was speaking to her, I was thinking. So that trauma yeah, and your books, the the girl Justine, the, Justine, yeah, um, Jimmy Flick, yeah, yeah, Lawrence, yeah. they they are childhood yeah. traumas. Yep. Do you find yourself when you come to book number four, mm. 
because I know I've read some critics saying, oh, well, there's another, mm, mm. this is Sophie's style. Mm. But I know you also respond to that strongly. You say, well, that's, mm. that's what I want to write about. Mm. Childhood trauma. What was your childhood like? Well, I mean, I don't know if I want to write about childhood trauma. It just, again, it just sort of... It happens. Yeah. Just, it just happens. Yeah. Yeah, that's Brian said though. Did you have a happy childhood? And I, I did read a quote where you said, well, it was, didn't read it, I heard you. You did say, we're all damaged when we're born. Once we're born, we're damaged. Well, it doesn't take that long, does well, it? Well, you get smacked as soon as you get out. <laughs> yes, that's right. Come on, let's get going. Let's get breathing. <laughs> exactly. And like the, the birth canal looked pretty squashy. Yes. Yeah, it's and pretty traumatic. And we're all going to make it out of there. A lot of pressure. Yeah. <laughs> In every respect. And even if you lift it out and you've got to face all those, you know, doctors and everything, that would be traumatic. So if you stop and think about it, the whole Mm. thing. Yeah. But your childhood? (laughs) She doesn't want to talk about it. She doesn't. Do you mind? No, well... Siblings? You don't have to. Yeah, I mean, how do you... It was complex. Was it? Yeah. It was complex. Everyone's, you know, everyone's still alive. Yep. How many in the family? So four kids and um, two adults. Big family. Um, I'm, I'm assuming the adults were the parents. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Never can tell. No, exactly. Because I'm so, not. Okay, so that wasn't how it was for you? Different no, I mean, adults? I'm not an adult. Okay. I'm a parent. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, so my father's Polish and came out after the Second World War as a child. So there was a lot of trauma. My mother's Dutch, so she too was born in Nazi-occupied Europe. Europe. Do you have language? Did they have they language? They both did, yes. And they both came out to Australia traumatised by that experience, quite seriously, <laughs> my father particularly. He, we're not Jewish, but he still was in concentration camps and shipped to Siberia Jeez. and lost his father. His father was a pilot, so lost his life. My father went to boarding school. That was traumatising. Then he studied medicine and met my mother as a, as a young nurse in, in, um, in Sydney. And they married. Mum was young. He was young too. And, um, and, and so the rest followed. So they were both quite charismatic, my parents. Um, so childhood was very colourful. Yep. And, um, Rich tapestry. <laughs> 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 Bam, yeah. yeah. Very rich tapestry. Yeah. Okay. Both larger than life, my parents, and, and, and both very kids, creative. My did, dad became a radiologist. Did the kids feel they had to match that level of energy. charisma or energy? Well, there were all sorts of... It was pretty fraught. It was very... It was complex. My parents divorced when I... Uh, 20 years after a 20-year marriage. How old were you? 17. It was difficult. It was very, very difficult, although it didn't look like that from the outside. It looked very um, bohemian and... Um, Rich. Yeah. Amicable? Yeah, and, 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 it seemed and, amicable at the time from the outside, you mean? Would the it have? I'm not sure if it would have... It probably would have seemed amicable. It looked pretty great. So I spent my very early years in Mossman. So that's, a, you know... Very nice. Exactly. Um, Relaxed and comfortable. Yeah, and lots of time on the beach and then, you know, the property in the, in the country. And um, my mum was a ceramicist. or She went back and got her HSC, went to Alexander Mackey, you know, went to art school. Wow. So they were very flamboyant. Dad was either had racehorses or, or, other, or other eccentric, you know, motorbikes, sidecars imported from Russia, um, you know, he had a bookie. A book, is that what you have when you speak really softly into a phone? 
all Sunday. <laughs> yeah, right. About his horse. On You're the, gambling. On the trots. Yeah, yeah that. Yeah. They went to the trots. It wasn't conservative. Intellectual, both, the books. Yeah, lots of books. Theatre. Yep, there was a value on education, uh, you know, uh, you felt that. But um, we we had complete independence, us kids. We did as we wanted. Yep. Parents were out a lot in Europe, a lot. Oh. Um, so really... We were free to do as we wished. And you did. And what number were you? She had a good time. What number were you in the family? Sort of, yeah, but it was really, you know, I'm not giving you the, I'm giving you that, that, you know. You're pretty sanitised You're giving us what you wanted. Pretty sanitised. That's all right. Because, you know, I want to respect my elders. Of course. uh, My my siblings. Yeah, where do you fall in the... Second. So I had an older brother. Right. Stefan. Stefan and then my sister Ingrid and then my younger brother Alex. I suppose what my childhood did give me was a great deal of independence. Mm. Uh, I a was lot of time always, to think. Uh, yes. Uh, I was always this person, very, very um, disciplined uh, about... Uh, uh, having said that, I did go off the rails a little at different points, um, but I was always um, ambitious about, about, you know, my life dreams and... I was always idealistic. I was always writing. What were you writing back then? Uh, you know, oh, bubbling brook, I see the leaf that falls upon you. Little leaf trembling in my hand. Will you never grow again? Hmm. By Sophie Nice Laguna. question. By Sophie Laguna, age nine. Oh, really? Things like that. Fantastic. I write that. I've still got the copies. And Have you? The teachers really like my poems, you know. Yeah. What is the colour white? But a sheet of paper and the colour red, a happy apple by Sophie Laguna. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that you've Tick still got the, them. No, and I'm you still remember them. Up. They were the thematically, the, you yeah. know, and they're very close to real poems that I've yeah. got, you know. And my loving teachers, I got a lot from school. I got a lot that wasn't at home. I got a lot from school. Okay, so you've had some mentors and, you yes. know, you went to VCA yeah. and you spoke about some of those incredible yeah. leaders there. Yeah, Jim Jago, was it? Yeah, and, and that play, George Ogilvie, and the teaching that David Lath. None of it was, you know, there, there were great, a lot of complexity at, at a drama school, yes. a, a lot of mess, a lot of less than... Boundaries have always been a problem, you know, and there weren't enough boundaries in my in my family and, um, and, and we're... You're talking about various character and drama school can be um, what, what's what, what's that word? Uh, it can be a damaging place because, and especially in the opens arts, you up. There's, yeah, there's more. Yeah, opens you up, and there's more opportunity for transgression, isn't there, when yep. it comes to something like acting and. Well, yeah. boundaries is interesting yeah. if we look at those novels. They're all about boundaries. They're all about people yeah. who do not respect boundaries. Yeah, hundred percent. And the problems that yeah. follow. That's exactly it. The that's, that's what they are, and the consequences. Yeah. That's a con- and the consequences. And yeah. the fact that when boundaries are transgressed, and then you did talk about the fact that people tend to relive, as opposed to. Yeah, we do, don't we? Reliving traumas and keep repeating behaviours. Yeah even though you know it may revolve yeah. you or repulse you? A lot of it's unconscious. You know, we repeat what we can't speak about or know. We just, like, blindly repeat. And you talk about that particularly in relation yeah. to someone like Lawrence who keeps repeating behaviours that happened to him 
early on. He yeah. doesn't find a way out. Is that he doesn't. Well, in the well, end, he sort of he does. In his own way, in his own way, actually, he does. And that's the beautiful tension yeah. about Infinite Splendors because we know mm. that he suffered terribly as a ten-year-old, and then he is drawn to successive ten-year-olds, but it doesn't necessarily go as you yeah. fear it might. Yeah. It's touch and go. Yeah. He's a beautiful character and I know you yeah, feel very strongly. I felt strongly. that same way yeah. when, I, when I spent that time with him. Yeah, yes. I did. It, it, it was a... I mean, but then Jimmy Flick felt that same, you know, I, I felt strongly about him also. But Lawrence had a really particular place in my heart yep. or, or head or where whatever place a fictionary character occupies. Yeah. They don't, he doesn't really feel made up. I mean, I can feel him now as if he's sort of like a... Like a, a not friend. a ghost, but a sort of soul man or something. It's hard to explain. And embodying, you know, another gender, like a male character. What's the? How does that? I mean, I it doesn't really matter, think I guess. About it. No, I know, but it's just kind of interesting in a way yeah. that they, you know, like a Jimmy or or Lawrence. Yeah. I mean, they're very. But Jung or or, or, or you know, I'm sure various um, various thinkers over the decades have understood that. Well, we have all all genders within us, yep. Yep. and we can access all ages, and we we have our collective unconscious. Writers just apply an imagination to 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 this human condition, don't we? Is, yes. Isn't that what it is? That, um, but we can all. I might be wrong here, but can we not all um, access these parts of us? This is all part of everybody, don't you think that? Feminine and masculine, and it's all part of one human being. Is yes, it true? but not everyone can access it eloquently, no, and, and make sense of it, no, and create a whole character. But that no. is a special gift, I and an inclination, why, yeah, yeah. But the fact that I can read a male character or watch a film with a male in it, mm. and with a with a story that belongs to him, and it still means something and resonates, I'm still identifying with him, and that's everybody, isn't it? That's every human being. Yes, whether it be male, can, female, yeah, or transgender. We can all enjoy and identify with each other's stories. There are some who can do it and, and, and do do it, create it, yes. but, but I guess what I'm trying to say, that's what, that's what makes, that's part of being human. Yep. So as an actress, would you be happy playing a male role? Yeah, I'm Absolutely. sure, I'm sure. Yep. yeah. Did you ever do well, that? Well, I would have learned, you know, bits of Hamlet and Macbeth and, you know... I wanted to ask you about research because you talk a lot about using your imagination mm. and yet you also talk about mm. characters who are suffering, mm. not always suffering, but, you know, Jimmy Flick, you, you mm. might say, is on the autism scale. Mm. Do you study autism or is it more your take on his character? More my take on his character, yes. but I think um, you know you're you're always researching without being conscious of it. Yep. You're like a bow, but I mean we're all hearing stories, and and I listen to a lot of radio, you know, whether it's in conversation, just ra drenched in in radio, whether it's This American Life or 
um, whatever conversation yeah. or program on, yep. on Radio National or where you know, and so just hearing stories all the time or reading memoirs or um, and, and where all of that meets my imagination, yeah. meets my imaginative life, where, yeah. where, and I'll remember things, and um, and I'll also research. I'll also research. Yes, you will. If if I have to, and I, and I will, and I'm researching at the moment, but it's. Yeah, it's 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 not an easy thing, Risa. It's not easy. It's, Why is that? Well, it's you, you're not just in that playful space having a ball and and improvising. You're. It's almost you know, like you want someone to do it for you and just put it yeah, in your that, brain. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. So you, can, you do. I wish. Oh, I, I wish. And all the the areas that you know best are are, are the easiest. You know. Okay, so Lawrence um, learns to milk a cow, uh, and I milked oh. a cow very young yep. in life, and I understood how to milk a cow, and I was, I was very proudly the best in my family at doing it, and <laughs> I, I would milk the cow. But then I decided to set some of the story in um, a dairy, and, and it was in the 1960s, and at first I thought, uh, uh, you know, how, I have to make that authentic. How did a dairy operate in the 1960s? I can't not write the story because it will mean that I'll have to get these facts right. Yes. So, you know, I yeah. bought books on Googled books with the history of dairies from Booktopia <laughs> and um, looked up as much as I could about the different ways. And there was that, I can't even remember it now, it's all gone, but, you know, that there would be this sort of pot that, and a sur single over the cow's shoulders yes. and this pot with the, the you know, the, with the things that would hook on and blah, blah, blah. Because yeah. presumably you know that if you get it wrong, you will be yeah. corrected. Yeah. Have you had a bit of that? People taking issue with... Uh, uh, in the eye of the sheep, someone wrote and said, how exactly was that go-kart made? Oh, <laughs> give me a break. But, you <laughs> really? know, because there's a bit of cheating going on because yeah. I could remember a go-kart, um, you know, and but, but when you're writing um, the the story through this boy's eyes. Well, you know, how, how does a how does that eight year old understand it? So you don't have and to be as technically accurate. Voice. Yeah, of course, yeah. it was his narrative. But He's not going to know. No, but 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 in you know in in infinite splendors, every single one of those paintings and letters was was real. Yes, o almost all of them. I'm actually I made up a couple for creative. You know, I needed I needed a particular um, letter about Madame Butterfly, and that was fictionalized. And you always think, surely there are rules around these. You know, we all go to the to school and we grow up, you know, in, in systems that tell us this is how this must be done and everything's regulated. And, and you grow up and think it's all make, it's all pretend. Everyone's just try, working it out. And the pandemics revealed that even further, hasn't it? Yep. That everything we took as given. So, 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 who says you can't fictionalize the town yep. and yet use um, real letters? It's great. Yeah. Or the mountain. Wallace Mountain. Exactly. So if you, it's exactly. based on one of those mountains in the Grampians. Yeah. But if you want it to be a bit more on the left rather than the I right, it's brilliant. Yeah. There's no rules. You, no. You, you're in the world of, and of course you'll, you know, you have integrity, so you won't take. You know, I don't think you're even allowed to take a letter that, say, um, John Constable wrote t t to his father, and then. Um, you know, misquote it or, or, or change that letter, you will have to name your sources and, you know, use the line correctly. Yes. So, you know, one has a natural sort I thought of... you were writing fiction. Well, yeah, yeah well, exactly, <laughs> but it's fiction. But, I no, I Stop. used, yeah, real paintings, real letters yeah, yeah. and real... 
Yeah. When it began, uh, I did think I want to write a, about a character, a male character who's really ha- has unspeakable inclinations and wrongnesses uh, about him, you know, that if Cormac McCarthy gives himself permission to go absolutely anywhere in his fiction, then might, might can I? So should you. Can I, you know, yeah. Of I remember, course. Yeah, can I? Uh, you know, one always assumes there are sort of, uh, you know, we grow up assuming there, mu- there must be limits. There are somehow, there must be limits. And then as you get older and older, realise, really, there, there aren't. I can't believe I, I'm actually allowed to, to just do yep. this. Yep. Most people make things up. We don't really know what we're doing most of the time, I guess. As you said, the pandemic yeah. really pointed that out. Yeah. So All the systems we took for granted and mm. who the hell knows what's going on. And we're really, rota- you know, we're spinning the, on a ball in Infinite an endless universe. Uh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> this is crazy. It is crazy, isn't it? <laughs> and you're going to write about it. <laughs> and there's no, we don't even know if there's any more life out there. The, what was the yeah. Tom Waits? I just, sorry, I'm, I'm digressing yeah. again. What was the Tom Waits song that inspired you? Oh well, um, well, you know, at the same time when I began the novel, that great Tom Waits song about down in the hole. Well, I watched him sing it again on on YouTube. I looked at a clip when he was really young singing that song um, about about keeping the devil down in the hole. Oh, yes. And do you know what they use that in? Yes, I, oh, I was told the, the mini series, The Wire. Right. Yeah. Fantastic song. Yeah, really, I know. Really dark, and, yeah, but it's kind of got a visceral, yeah, edgy vibe to it. Yeah, really interesting. Uh, I, I know. How great's that? Oh, it's a great and song. then I decided and that his this, voice. Yeah, well, and, and his whole persona. Yes, and, and I so decided. You wanted Lawrence. He keeps something down in the hole, doesn't he? Yep. He, yep. he retreats to a bunker, sp- yep. a bunker space, yep. periodically. You gotta keep the devil. Way down in the hole He's got the fire and the fury At his command Where you don't have to worry If you hold on to Jesus' hand We'll all be safe from Satan When the thunder rolls We just gotta keep the devil Way down in the hole. Do you know how that novel will finish when you're starting it? Yes, as quickly as I can. I try and know what's so going to happen. So you have an ending? Very soon. Really? As soon as I possibly can, yes. Okay, wow. that's, yeah. that's so, I don't like not knowing. Has is that, is that happened with every yep. story you tell? Yep. You know the end? Well, as, you know, within a few weeks I'll have a pretty good idea and will that change sometimes not really because you're it seems that a lot of your work is about improvising and trying on hats yeah but but no you you head towards a common goal so you knew lawrence's ending probably i think so yep yeah i will be deciding it i'll be looking for the answer very quickly because it's really uncomfortable the first draft's really uncomfortable and at any moment you might stop and not ever do it again you know it's sort of Finishing something is is a real um, takes a lot of staying power, doesn't energy. it? And energy and commitment. Commitment is a huge. Mm. It's it's absolutely huge. And at any point, you could just throw it all away and go and watch Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. How many hours would you spend a day? Be well, hard to I've put got a young on kids, it, so you know it's, everything's changed. So I'm always cramming, you know, everything in a day. 
Interestingly, though, I, I don't know that having kids has been too bad for, for, for the writing business because mm. it's created a kind of pressure around the work, which is, <laughs> this is contradictory. It's created a lot of pressure, but it's taken pressure off. That's what it is. Yeah, because if you don't have 12 hours a day, you know, day in, day out for week, months and months and years ahead, which is kind of very loose and, and open yes. and it, you've got like five hours here, five there, then it's just... You, you got to go. You, you got slamming it in. Off you go. Pick up the kids. Back tomorrow. It's it's just sort of lo- looser yep. in a way because there's a little bit more chaos around it, a little bit more grabbing the time. It's a, it's a hard one to articulate. Of course. And, but it creates. It's easier on the structure because it's not so loose and open, which is intimidating and too much time and. Yep. And what do you transcribe onto straight into computer into a dictaphone? Well, now you write I'm just straight into the computer again since the kids. Now I don't even like it when my novel goes in the wrong direction for a while. What do you mean? Well, now, like, I because I have got no time to waste. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't have the time to play. Yeah, less. And I don't have time to do hard, you know, hard copy first, then into the laptop. And um, because at the same time I'm describing a creative process, there is a part of me that's also aware of a career Mm. And when I want that, I want books to keep. Yeah. And are you yeah. aware of the expectations? Does that not too aware? You? Thank God. That's good. Not so too have... aware. No, not too aware. You don't particularly care. Um, care is probably the wrong like word. Like but... sometimes I will think, um, which is not often, and this is a this is a blessing because I'm not someone who takes life particularly easily. No, even though you might think that it's not the case. It's not the case. You know that that's just a, a front. That's just a front. So, um, I, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty anxious a lot of the time oh. about a lot of things. Yeah, and um, but but I don't thankfully have too much anxiety. You know, this is the space where it's less troubled and anxious. Is is the creative space? So that's a safe thing. Mm. So I sometimes will have thoughts of this is boring, and I'm pretty good at you know this won't be interesting. Very right. in the early stages, I think this will be, and then I think who cares. I need to do it. Who, who cares if no one ever reads it? My integrity is to this odd yes. thing, this odd person with a lot to say who's been very hurt and deserves their moment oh, in the light. They're eccentric. They're off the chart. No one probably even likes them. Who cares? You've never cared before. You're not going to care now. You can get a job at Bunnings later if you need to or, or you know, or, or you can clean houses or, or ferry parties. But you need for now to do this weird thing. So I'm going to go do it. do it. I've got and the that, time. And it shows in the work. You're committed to it. If you weren't committed, if you didn't yeah. have that um, almost single-minded devotion yeah, to I've that, got that character, you've got devotion. I have got that, but I'm always going, well, it might not work out, but that's not my business, is it? The reader's experience, that's not my business. All I can ever do is follow the, the weirdness that is wanting to happen. I I can't be worried. I can't be worried. Anyway, you know, people are disappointing. This is, I don't know if this is right to share, but they are disappointing and many readers are disappointing. In terms of, no, 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 no. In terms of the way they respond to your work, Well, you know, I don't need to please. There's many readers that I don't even need to please. They'll be looking for something else. They'll be looking for Fifty Shades of Grey and and there's many books for them. There's many books for them and that's that's their business. And and anyway, I don't even know 
I don't know what who the reader is. I don't have anything to do with. There is no reader. It's me. And well, Lawrence like Lyman, it's, it's this is different. See what I mean? So yeah. often readers might say, this was this wonderful book. And that's a not, I just want to get the tick. No, I did the job well. And then I'm on to my next thing. I'm not with my readers. No, it's um, not, like, it's not yeah. like being an actress on stage. So you're not actually getting that, that kind of immediate applause that no. you get when you go out and do a role. No, I want to know that the book gets, at, I want the books to get, I want that book, those books to land in a perfect world, which they don't because I've had to learn the hard way, which yep. sounds ridiculous, that the world isn't perfect. Because oh. that was part of a way of surviving for me was absolute rigid ide- idealisation and idealism. And maturing has been about understanding the world is just, it's just no. never perfect. No. You can have a perfect moment or a perfect split second. So, um, but, but that doesn't stop you yearning. And, <sighs> yeah. and you yearn yeah. in your books, I yeah, would say, for, for... redemption. And also for transcendent ecstasy. That's a very big part of Sophie Laguna's writing. I would agree, Brian, and it's a relief to hear you say it and understand it in Mm. that way. That that is true. So so it is painful to have, you know, the world be the way it is. I do want the books to have what they've earned. Yep. I, I, I crave that for them. And that takes, it's hard for me, that bit having them come out into a world that all sorts of things may happen that will fall short of what that person in me thinks the world ought to do. That's a great pain. But what can I do but just turn naturally away, let it wash like a river, just bugger it and just... Just go to go to my characters and go to my odd, weird thing that seems to be doing something right. (laughs) I take it very hard. Everything outside of this adult world don't know that and I've just had another novel for children yeah, out. Yeah, the Michael Carmichael. Yeah, but you, you know what it's like, your kids, you're the parents. They don't need to know really that much about you. They don't care. Bam. They really don't care. In fact, my <laughs> kids say, please don't use your opera voice when you're no. telling me off. <laughs> Can you just not use your opera voice? <laughs> I'd love to hear that. <laughs> they have absolutely no interest. In fact, more than that, they really prefer... That not to come into it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, we ded- if I, you know, my husband and I have written, he's illustrated yes. it and we've d- dedicated them and Sonny will go, can you please not put my name in the front? <laughs> Does that break your heart a little bit? No. No. No, I no get because it. I, get, I get it. Yeah. I get it. yeah. It's, it's personal. It doesn't need, you know, and this fantasy that people have that will read the books that we have written <laughs> out to our children in the night. <laughs> and what a so. creative family we must be. <laughs> But it's like, yeah. you know, can I go and read Marvel, please? Yeah. I don't really need Mummy and Daddy and the books that they... But uh, what about no, Daddy? I remember what Sam if... just wanting to watch Family Guy. Yeah. Didn't want to go to the opera. Yeah. Do you want to come to the theatre? No, I'm watching Family Guy. <laughs> what about your husband's <laughs> response? Because a, a, a collaborator yeah. in life and in work... No, he doesn't seem too, too, too fast. But, I mean, long term, it'll be nice for them... You know, in of history, course. in history, and over time. Yes, it, it, it'll be great, and it's it's appropriate that, that it's dedicated to them, and yes. that's that's fine. But yeah, as far as how much they want to get involved, we've got a fair amount to do with those kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. From the minute their eyes open yep. to the minute those eyes close at night, you know, it's a lot, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. My get, <laughs> it is a lot. Oh yeah. No matter which way you look at yeah. it. Yeah, and protecting them. Oh. And and. And protecting them too much, giving them too much rope. Yeah, but hoping there is a world that they will inherit. I know. 
every minute, you know, and every 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 difficulty, you know, and they they trigger you, you and yeah. and you know. You are aware, um, as never before, that every sentence you utter, you know, will be will be playing into the story of who they are and every bickering moment. And and how much hell. how much are we damaging them? Yeah, that's yeah. always my fear. <laughs> yeah, but you meant you, you know they say that perfection's no use to them anyway. No, no that's true. No, so I'll never learn that's any, yeah. Yeah. So it's, so you know what my uh, a teacher of what mine a novelist Anthony Yark said to me once and I have I he doesn't know how much I've taken from this. He said and he's you know he's probably in his late 60s now. His kids are adults now and he said the only thing Sally his wife and him he said look the only thing we did right was love them. He said, I'm mm. sure we did everything else wrong, but the only thing we did over and over right, we just loved them and loved them and loved them. And so every time I think of a moment that that wasn't quite right or that, I just think that's what Anthony said. Yeah. That, that the main thing for you to get right is just loving them. Yeah. Do, do you think that's... No, I think that's absolutely perfect. What and about maybe, that? Um, yeah. Maybe Jimmy's dad ended up knowing that in the end. He he fell he fell he fell short fell to short. begin with. Mm. Jimmy observed that there was a Jimmy sized space just for him in in his eyes. I think yes. And so there, there is, was something that happened that was right. And there is love too at the end of the choke when they do that mad dash in the car. Oh yeah. Yeah, there is there is love there. It may not be the parental love that yeah. she wanted because he was yeah. a, her father yeah. was so damaged. Yeah. Boy, he was a uh, yeah. he's a piece of work. And there are many people that are yep. aren't there. How many drafts do you write? So you'll get something out that's a first draft, I suppose, which is a beginning, middle and end with a lot which is a lot less tidy than it will end up being. So I, I suppose you could formally say that's one draft. That you could, someone could read, yep. and so the editor yeah. will read that. Or and so, no, will that read. might be interestingly, that might actually be my mother. Ah, right. Yeah. So for all that you know that yes. I've said to you, that might actually be mum. Yeah. And or, she will give you notes. No, no. I just want her to just go. Yep. Good. Keep. You know. It, do it again. Yeah. Fi- fix that. And yeah. Yeah. Just. Just. A, Would a, she ever say this is? No. Oh, well, I've only no actually good. done that once with Infinite Splendours. Right. I handed her a plastic bag of paper, you know, some of it out of order and, yeah, 120,000 words or something. 120,000 yeah. words. Yeah. And you're obviously fantastic at English. You have a great command of grammar, language. You're probably a walking thesaurus. No, dictionary. no, no. I probably should be a more of a thesaurus than I am, Yeah. I'm sure I should do. Do you use the thesaurus? No. On the computer? No, no. Some people have, have um, you know, a greater vocabulary than I do, you know, because I think sometimes I'll, I'll hear all sorts of people interviewed about books and, and writing and, and and I'll think, what, what am, why am I, what am I doing here? That's so, because I don't feel like I'm doing anything particularly, Well, you know, you're doing it with your own voice. Uh, and I think, well, what is it that I'm bringing to, to this? That What is it that I'm bringing? And... 
you know, because they'll sound so much more learned. You know, someone this morning on the way here on, on Radio National... Christos. No, it was after Christos. I think it was... Stephen Carroll. Yeah, Stephen Carroll. I loved that interview. Didn't he sound great? Yeah, Yeah, did. I heard that. Yeah, it was great. And... Um, and the other woman um, yes. who's written a book called The Imitator and, you know, her interest in a particular um, spy, spy at the time. And, you know, I was thinking, gee, you know. Oh, yes, but once you start talking about John Constable yeah, and, and, I guess you're and right. the different artists yeah. and, yes. But, but see, you know, what I am bringing, I, I, I think I, you know, is something really instinctive, which I'm. That's just comes. That's, that's very just. Big a, yeah, on I've that, just got that. You know, yeah. that's not something you can learn or read the thesaurus or, or, or have an interest in history. You know, that's just innate. And yeah. you think that's founded in the little girl who used to dress up and play roles? I was just born. Roles. I was born, that, born way. that way. Mm. And that's the voice you've that's, continued uh, yeah, using. Yeah, um, uh, that's just. And the, yeah. the the mother and the father. Yeah, and, and then you couple that with, yeah, with the then, rich tapestry. Yeah, and then drama school yeah. and being a fairy in Mill Park. Yeah. At 17 Shirley Road. Seven, I like 17 Shirley Road, <laughs> Mill Park. I wonder who's there now. Who's in that house? So there was ye- that years like a of all those houses. Do you have other influences like movies, television, yeah. series? Yeah, well, I mean, I've spoken, you know, radio. I think radio, radio plays well. a big part. I think it's radio plays a big part because it can just be on all the time. Mm, You're just yeah. absorbing and it. And podcasts, interesting podcasts. Yeah, and, and yeah, listening radio. to interviews, listening to Colm yeah. Toybin yeah. talk oh, yeah. about. Um, Thomas, his new book, which I bought, The Magician, and um, and and what it was to be gay at school. I, I remember, you know, yeah. just all the different stories I'm hearing. Well, Christos Chalkas, that interview this yeah. morning was so great. He was talking about his new book, Seven and a Half, and, you know, the inspiration yeah. and the, the story within the story, which yeah. he'd had for a while. He's yeah, mm-hmm. no, but it's interesting because I, I was referring to... He had a conversation with Colin Toybin. Uh, uh, maybe it was for the Melbourne Writers Festival yep. or... Yeah, uh, uh, just, just, hear, just hearing stories. I don't know if I will get longer, but, um, you know, Infinite Splendours, Lawrence Lohman spent about a third of that story as a young boy. It's really interesting because people keep, you know... People remember, or, or people say to me, you know, you're right about childhood, but really I was writing about him, wasn't I, as yes. a man? I feel like saying when people ask, you know, you are interested in in childhood, I feel like saying, how can you not be? Yeah. How, how are people missing this? Yeah. It is what forms the person. I mean, it's it's complex. It's They are the years when well, the person well, Because never it can be confronting as well, thinking yeah. about what the, what the child was. That I made think you're man. right. So you've taken that leap, or yeah, you, you're yeah, revealing yeah. it. I must have an interest. Mm. Mm. Not everyone does. Everyone they tries die. to squash you're it right. down. Exactly. And as you say, keep reliving or keep yeah. reproducing whatever trauma was there to try and avoid yeah. actually thinking about it. I think you're right. If you could have written one book as a writer, what would it have been? Not of your own. Yeah, that, that's interesting because it's not a thought I. Ha, you know, I, I just ha, I have, have. It just came to me then. Yeah, I, I know other writers are asked it, and it's not. No, are they? No. Yeah, no. It's a, it's a it's a good question, but it you know I don't envy other people's books, or I don't feel that don't belongs to me. But to actually have been inside that yeah. and, and felt yeah. that creation of. You, you know the well, there are there are books I, I can feel that you put it like that. I can feel the creation of. I really loved Catcher in the Rye. I'm not saying for an instant. I, 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 I could feel how fun that would have, how enjoyable yeah. that must have been for him. 
as a vehicle that that character yep. would have been yep. terrifically enjoyable yep. um yeah i i like it where a where a you know an author is completely immersed in the voice a, the butcher boy was a really rich yep. lyrical yep. read where clearly that author was having a good time really playful irish writing cool. yeah and as yeah. an actress what role would have you loved to have done <laughs> my answer's going to be really daggy no and embarrassing <laughs> well, to share juliet no, I would have liked to have been. This is so. I should not say this when I go to. Um, the, you know, the Queen of the Elves in Lord of the Rings. Great. Okay. Kate Blanchett's. Yes. What was the character called? You know, yeah, but then she she plays very high status. What was her name? Uh, yeah. Uh, Loth. Is it Loth Lorien or no? That's yeah. the place. L'Oreal or. Something. You know, I'm ashamed to say. I, I, I'm now reconsidering. You know, you asked me the question. I've 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 named two. White male writers, haven't I? Mm. Um, Catcher Tolkien. in the Rye mm. and, and Tolkien, yeah, and Tolkien, and, and, and I want to, I want to read, you know, because mm. I read mostly fiction written by women, and 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 uh, not out of for politi- and I've mentioned Norman Mailer also, mm. so they're not not p- political, you know. I I pick up mostly fiction written by women. My yep. my just I just pick it up and read it. The bedside table or the and Kindle. Patchett. Have you read her, yeah. The Dutch House? And yeah, and Commonwealth. And, yeah, State of Wonder. Um, so mostly I am reading uh, fiction by women. Pat Barker at the moment, The Silence of the Girls. Yep. Um, Britt Bennett. Uh, yep, yep. The Vanishing Half. Yep. And, um, yes, I love that. And Samantha, all essays all by women. Samantha Irby. Yep. Incredible. Um, even Miles Franklin I reread recently. Really? Um, the, 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 my Brilliant Career. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Um, and and um, Helen Garner, of course, um, but only Helen Garner can write like her, and only Samantha Irby can write like her. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting, though, perhaps because we're talking about here's what it is. I think we're talking about an earlier formative yes. self. Yes. And so what you when I was fifteen, then. yeah, it w- would have been Catcher in the Rye. And, yeah. and, and when I was first starting out as a writer, maybe the books by men had more prominence or I'm sure we were, were all educated on them. Yep. Um, Seems different now. The landscape's definitely yeah, changed. Yeah, because for, for many years I, I forgot completely, then this will sound sexist, that men even wrote books. I just was so automatic to me to pull women's books of course. from the shelves. Yeah. yeah. I forgot that they wrote them. And, and uh, okay, so now I'm making excuses for myself now, but sometimes if I'm re- very tired, I can't read the literary fiction I want to read. If I've been mm. working on my own literary fiction all day, uh, well, the hours that are available to me, and then with the kids, I'll need to pick a guilty pleasure. Yeah. And, so, and that guilty pleasure in the, in, in because re- it's either really good literary, pretty good quality, yeah, serious fiction, or true crime. Oh, right. And I prefer my true crime, of course I do, well-written. Uh, I want really well-written true crime. Of course, you know, Truman Capote is probably yep. the name mm. I think of. But, but Norman Mailer wrote The Executioner's Song, mm. which absolutely fits with that very dark inclinations. Or, yeah. or I like the extremes. And that was about a man who committed some crimes and was executed eventually. Mm. And I am drawn to it. I'm drawn to really horrible, dark, dark, yes, dark oh, really, to the extremes. And also, usually, yeah, the extremes. Yeah. 
Let's go to our three questions. First question, what's the greatest risk you've taken and what was the outcome? Well, that's very interesting because I don't know that they're a risk when I take them. Good answer. Good point. Yeah, I don't know they're a risk. And sometimes someone will point out that that's a risk. So in retrospect, maybe, if they were Having children's a risky thing to (laughs) bloody well do, isn't it? Yes. That's a risk that you didn't know. Everyone else was doing it. You just thought, that's going to be great. Just happy ending. Let's have a crack. Yeah. (laughs) You know, just have a baby and that's... Yeah. That's but how risky can you get? Oh, that's a very good point. That is the biggest risk of all. It, it yep, is, surely. isn't it? And no one said that. No. People keep doing it. And we went to great lengths to become pregnant and have kids. Yeah. And no one said, like, it, it seemed that it was a terrible thing not to have a, have a, have a child. Uh, and then you have one, and how risky is it? Yeah. And it's not going to change anytime soon. No, no. because no, the, as, as long as they're alive and you as long are. as you're alive, you got them. there is the potential for, for, well, risk, for damage, yeah. for, for, for yeah. danger, for horror. Yeah, and, and, and even not that, even not, not anything as extreme, but just bad days at school. Yes. Mm. Or what if bullying? Their relationships. Yeah, yeah and, and their relationships. Oh. and. And, and, yeah. and, it breaks and weak your heart. spots, weak spots where yep. the, the system, they, they're, they're not going to be able to do this or that or... Yep, um, absolutely. Even though they're a chip off the block, sometimes they're nothing like you and they're nothing like their sibling. Yeah. You think, how I know. can I help them here? And you can't control them no. and, and you've got to learn that they're not you yeah. and you've got, got to trust le- them. You how do you trust? And you've got to trust them. Yeah. And, you, you know, and you can feel yourself wanting to say things that you damn well know are destructive and I've done but your that. impulse to speak them because they're coming from that part in you that had that rough spot there is so strong mm. you know you have all that judgment I didn't have a child until I was 41 or two and all that judgment that I had about parenting and you don't say that and you don't do that and then you have one it's and you, you're going to act out as badly as you've judged others for and you want to <laughs> say judgmental things sometimes the person you've worked with who you think is the most accomplished, the most talented? Well, interestingly, when I first arrived here to, to record this podcast, we spoke about the Shakespeare, my, my cha- Shakespeare teacher, June Jago, the actress June Jago, who was actually, and she wasn't proud of this, June wasn't proud of this, but starred in one of the early carry-on films. So Nothing wrong with the carry-on movie. <laughs> exactly. Come now, Mr. Bigger. We don't want to lie in our nice, comfortable bed with our nasty old pants on, do we now? Madam, what you do in your bed is your own affair. But she was, you know, of course, so much more. And she was very, very intuitive as as a teacher. So you felt an incredible electricity through that rehearsal space. I did. And the text was Shakespeare. And that... You know, if something is that powerful, then the actor must rise to the words. So, Interesting that you said that she was in a carry-on movie. So the difference between comedy and drama. Yeah. For you as a writer and as an actress, because to achieve comic, great comedy, I think is just as difficult as yeah. creating great drama mm. or tragedy. Yeah. Do you find that as a writer? You don't think about it like just, that, though. You're just, you're just in that moment working, yeah. the, working the words yeah. f- for the right 
moments. Mm. Sometimes things will make me laugh and just be perfect. Well, and Jimmy in the Iron yeah. Sheep, there's a lot, a lot of, of humour there. Yeah, yeah. A lot of humour in that. Yeah. Absolutely. But some people yeah. actually know set out yeah. to write a comic treatise yeah. or other people write out to yeah. write a drama. Yeah. You just set out to write a story. Yeah. yeah. And a character. And do you feel that June has had an influence in your writing? She was obviously a strong influence. Well, she's with in your me, acting. and she believed in me. She so she, she believed you. in me. I think she's with me. You know, certain teachers have played a mm. part, and I know that's been said by many before me, mm. and 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 many now. So so there were the teachers that have believed in me were very very helpful. Simply being believed in, mm. and I remember my parents believed in my writing very very early on, and encouraged it. And our final question, David, your earliest experience well of performance mm. or the book something that actually influenced you the most hard to say question. it's hard to say because there were many many um really fantastic moments as an actor thinking i haven't spoken about it for for a long time or maybe i've never spoken about what it meant to me but there were really rich wonderful moments that i knew that all the right things were happening and interestingly when i would speak to june jago about this turn to writing she would never let me off the hook she would never say you are you are better as a writer than than you know. I mean, I do have greater, much greater range as a as a writer. Well, all writers do. That's you have yes. limitless range. You're not yes. limited by anything. But but I didn't have to deal with the same self consciousness that would somehow unpredictably you know, come upon me, that would get in the way. I didn't don't have to deal with that so much. But I, I um, there were many moments as an actor that did meet, I did where I did meet my own expectations and yep. did experience those that kind of transcendent... Is there one you remember specifically? A, a role or a, an actual show? Just some nights, some nights, some moments. Accrington Powell or John Bolton's theatre classes. It's every time. Yeah. But other other people I went through drama school with don't don't have that... You know, everyone's got a different yeah, experience with a different teacher. I loved working with him, playing characters and yeah. all that stuff was fun. Well, was there a performance, though, that perhaps influenced you or made you want to become an actress or yeah no or just being a kid being a four just or five year kid. old doing writing shows and doing the dances in front of the mirror to greek music mum and dad always played greek music and yeah. putting on shows just putting on shows playing playing mary you know um with the, with the you know in the nativity play with a little bit of blue silk around the that you know that that I just thought who who could want to do anything but this with the cows in the stable yeah all that I still can hardly believe anyone's interested in doing anything else I mean music I can understand yeah but brilliant this is the stuff of life what what's more enjoyable I don't think there's anything no, and, you know what sport a sport's yeah? enjoyable for okay. Brian and I we love playing sport and that's a group activity we yeah, okay. we like that so I don't sport. know whether Sport. When I watch hospital shows, I wish I'd become a doctor. And but my husband said, "Do you mean a doctor in the hospital show, or, a, or, or the, an actual or actor?" Doctor? <laughs> no, 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 a doctor in the hospital show. But they're one and the same, aren't they? Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah. That's great. Yeah, I would have liked to have been. You know, you asked me before. That was a silly answer about the Queen of the Elves. I would have liked to have been in a long-running hospital drama, playing a neurosurgeon. You know, having to deal with all sorts of complicated operations. A star. I reckon you want to. You want to. You would have wanted to be a female version of House. Maybe. Oh no, or Grey's Mr. Anatomy. McDreamy, Mr. McDreamy. the surgeon in, in, in Grey's Anatomy. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh. I would have been a, a a great 
surgeon in a, in a hospital, long running, complete financial security, you know, yeah. for 30 years or something like that. Well, I was like a doctor that. in a hospital soap opera, let the blood run free. Fantastic. And that was a lot of fun. Anyway, you are amazing, yeah, Sophie. Thank you for today. Oh, what, thank you. Yeah, what, what an unbelievable ball of energy you are. Really? And an inspiration. Just now, yeah. I'll be going home bedraggled. You may well be. Well, we might, might have my ruined your whinging self. Like you're you're writing. Writing. You know, inspiration. Yeah, you're really, really inspirational. Really? Oh, Gosh. Yeah. Will you read us a little something? This is a poem by the. Uh, American poet Edna St. Vincent Millay, born 1892, died 1950, an American lyrical poet and playwright, and this poem is called A Visit to the Asylum. Once, from a big, big building, when I was small, small, the queer folk in the windows would smile at me and call, and in the hard wee gardens such pleasant men would hoe. Sir, may we touch the little girl's hair? It was so red, you know. They cut me coloured asters with shears so sharp and neat. They brought me grapes and plums and pears and pretty cakes to eat. And out of all the windows, no matter where we went, the merriest eyes would follow me and make me compliment. There were a thousand windows all latticed up and down. And up to all the windows, when we went back to town, the queer folk put their faces as gentle as could be. Come again, little girl, they called. And I called back, you come see me.